I'm Chase. And I'm Timothy. And this is Customer Service. Hi, everybody. Hey, you know, I listen to our ad read, and then we end with, bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know what that's even, I feel like that's in the modern lexicon, but I don't know what it is. It's just like uh, a thing, but... It just... It, I feel like it's just like eighth grade or something. Just, yeah, well, it's yeah. there now. Yeah, it's just yeah. there, yeah. Well, today is a fun day because we have celebrity guest Dan Levy with us. Yeah, what a pleasure. He's a actor, TV writer, stand-up comedian. He's... he's Sneakerhead. Sneakerhead. Blink fan. Yeah, he's the man. He he, he, he. I think you could look up, look him up because you're gonna. You, he's touched things yeah. that you've absolutely seen. If you've never like checked out his um, comedy specials, I believe they're all on Spotify and wherever you want to listen to things. And uh, they're great. They're 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 they're. He's apparently working on something new, which is really exciting. Um, I followed him for a long time. Um, he's just a. He's a. You'll see. He's a fun guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was easy to talk to. We met him through. He just happened to come in this in the store while he was on tour with John Mulaney, and they bought some stuff and hung out, and it was really cool. Unfortunately, we were not there that yeah, day, craziness. so we were jealous. So we reached out and he's, he did the <laughs> podcast with us. So, yeah. um, but then we ended. We found out we had like uh, people we knew in common, yeah. and it was it was great. So so he was an awesome guy. It was so cool to get to know him a little bit more through this, and uh, and yeah, we you know c- you know keep your eyes out because we've been kind of talking about sorting something out so we can do a comedy show with yeah, him. Yeah, so, some sort of situation where yeah. we host him in some regard. Hard. That would yeah. be fun. Well, anyway, this is a super fun listen. He's awesome. He's really funny. He tells one of the um, coolest Eddie Murphy stories oh, I've ever yeah, heard. Fuck yeah. So yeah, it's, this is a really fun one. Uh, let's let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Let's hop into it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't know where where, where where we got we got sidetracked. So you you got into clothes through sneakers. Yeah, I, I always yeah I basically you know started collecting sneakers in like 1999 and then was you know before everything I used to like you know when there was only Nike talk was the only way to communicate about sneakers you know so like I would wait online at Nike and do all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and and I just always sort of just it just continued I've gone through like you know it's like. I think collecting sneakers in general is like an emotional roller coaster for everyone who's really into it. And now I feel like it's, and at a certain point, a couple of years ago, it just became such like a hype beast thing. And everyone was so young and it was all about flipping. It sort of like turned me off from a lot of it. And, um, as like the throwing fits guys say, the sneaker apocalypse is upon us. And, um, I don't fully agree that I, I don't think like, I still think obviously people like love, Will always love and there'll be nostalgia for sneakers for me personally i just like sort of like the 90s stuff like i don't really go for the the new crazy you know overhype stuff because it's also it's like hype and then it's like not cool anymore you know and then it's like when yeah. i eight hundred dollars on a pair of yeezys and now he's like a nazi fuck what do i do yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tough position stressful. to be in i i saw in a store that i was in i saw them hauling out all of the the yeezys <laughs> like the day after kind of everything happened and they were like yeah they're all they're gone <laughs> it was I like it's, it's a it's it's, it's an unfortunate circumstance because his flip-flops are very comfortable and as a jew i feel weird wearing them so i don't <laughs> <laughs> you just like the comfort cannot outweigh the uh, guilt <laughs> yeah the yeezy slides were really good you know they are, they are good yeah even for jewish feet you know but you know what 
I don't know what to do. I had a, uh, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it sort of after, and I had gotten my daughter a pair when, when she was really young, and she, they were a little too big because it was the only size I could get when they knew they were hard to get, and I forgot, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, and then, you know, this has been like, you know, like a handful of months after, and I sent her to school in the, in the, <laughs> in the easy slides, and like we were getting to the door, and I'm like, Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing I can do now. It's too, we're here at school. But I was like, but I hope no one's connecting all these dots. Maybe they'll think they're knockoffs in this yeah, case. Yeah, maybe they'll be knockoffs. I know. It's, it's it's crazy. But that's why I think it's better, you know, to stick with, say, the AirTag Challenge and wear Andre Agassi. Because, yes, he was a meth head. But, you know, what? he's sober now and he's doing great things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he turned it around. The opposite. <laughs> yeah. let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried the uh, Hoka recovery slides? I have not. I okay, so don't. not as cool looking, just to be right. clear, but way more comfortable. Really? Okay, maybe I'll pick them up. I don't have any hokas, but I but I like them. My brother has the all black hokas yeah. that look really mm-hmm. cool. I know you guys sell a bunch of hokas. I, I I like hokas. I just don't. I just work out in sort of you know Air Max two seventies pretty much all the time. Oh wow, the hardcore. Hard, the hardcore yeah. shoe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hardcore approved uniform yeah, shoe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's let's get into it a little bit. And the, the 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 one of the things I actually wanted to ask you that I saw recently, and I wanted to confirm because it's it's weird following comedians now on on like Instagram because I understand the like clipping things down, like how useful that is, but it's also hard to understand what the whole bit is. Right? Are you on stage asking like the attendees to give you gossip to go through? <laughs> <laughs> some yes i do i do a, i, I love do a, that i do a monthly show um in la um at largo where the audience uh basically writes pieces of gossip on paper and puts it in a bowl and then throughout the show i read through the gossip with the comedians and uh, oh my god sometimes it's great you know and uh and sometimes it's sometimes it's facts I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know the problem is a lot of people want to be anonymous and, and if you love gossip like i do that's kind of unfortunate because you want to ask more questions but mm-hmm. yeah respect their privacy but i am tonight doing a show and i'm gonna ask them to not be anonymous if they're comfortable with it <laughs> so then you can call them out and be like hey hey, yeah. uh, hey jennifer i, <laughs> I have she said that your your boss is sleeping with six women do you exactly. care expound upon that that's, I mean, I, I, I love gossip too. So I fully, as soon as I saw like the concept of the bit, I was like, God damn it. That is so good because I don't need, I don't know about you, but I don't need to know the person to enjoy gossip. I don't even need to know what's going on. I just no, want to be involved. No. As soon as someone says, I have to tell you something, you know, but you come running me. out of another yes. room. Yeah. I'm like, let's fucking go. You know, like, I don't Do know you, who the people are. Are you a guy that people seem to bring gossip to? Because I've always been a person for some reason that seems to attract it, even though I'm very often not a part of it. Well, it's a problem because here's the thing. I'm a really good friend, so people trust me, but I also love gossip, so people are nervous to tell me stuff. So I kind of either get like such serious stuff that like I can't even repeat it. It's not good. Or I get nothing. And then I get mad because I'm like, Hey, why didn't you tell me about that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Does, does your wife like gossip too? She does, but not as much as me. Like she'll go out with friends (laughs) and come back. And like three days later, be like, Oh, by the way, did I tell you that uh, Sarah's getting divorced? And I'm like, what? 
No. <laughs> this is all I wanted. Yeah. Totally. We have to start there. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, we uh, luckily, I my wife likes it too, so it helps because that's like that's like the only safe space you have to share the information often. So that really can kind of help allow the guy like to because to, because we'll we'll if we go out to dinner that's really all i'm interested in is just what is gossip from friends from other places that we left <laughs> what's the gossip at work what's the gossip here i did like that is mostly what i want to talk about that's all we care about mm-hmm. so this this idea of the bit where you could learn god you found a way to extract more gossip as soon as yeah. i saw it i was like i would do this just for fun like you don't need to do that let alone a comedy <laughs> bit well, well, when we do um, the big, the big Boulder show, I'll have to do it. Yes, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, oh, we would have to because people know us and involved. I was like, oh, we'd have to be anonymous. No, nah, I'm fine with it. I would yeah. still tell it, or I would tell <laughs> it. I would tell stuff that I've heard from friends that no one will know. Uh-huh, That's uh-huh. fine too. What's like? What's like one of the juicier things you've gotten out of it? Um, well, I wouldn't say juicy, but one of the funniest thing was that someone said that they were working at Starbucks. And one of the baristas got into a fist fight um, during during the the milk training, and we were like, and we didn't know what <laughs> milk training was until <laughs> later in the show when someone had a connecting gossip story to the Starbucks um, milk training story, and I was like, oh my god, we're putting it together! It's incredible. That is incredible. Fired. And the thing is, I worked at Starbucks. I know what the milk training is. I'm 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 struggling to understand what could have happened to result in the fist fight during milk training. I know. That's why you gotta come to my show. You never <laughs> Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know what? That that would make me that if I was on the edge of buying a ticket, I would need to know now. So that this is a this is a good selling point. Dan, are you on are you on tour right now or are you just kind of popping around? I am popping around. I was on the uh, the I was on John's tour last year, and then I've done sort of like a mini summer tour um, while my kids are in camp. And I was in Connecticut and Austin and San Diego and Arizona and L.A. tonight. And then I'm probably going to do some more dates um, in August. I mean, in September. So um, I'm going to gear up for like my to continue this tour. I'm putting together cool. like my hour now. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Were, would you, did you develop that a lot of it on, on tour with John? Yeah. 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 I, awesome. I, developed, I developed a lot of it, but you know, I was, you know, I, I was only doing like, you know, 15, 20 minutes before him. So I, yeah. when, when I'm back in LA, I'm sort of like, you know, writing new stuff and, and working on stuff. And then the stuff that I did on that tour, I'm, I'm still doing obviously too. How many dates did you do with John? Cause that tour was big right that tour was big i joined the arena part of it so like yeah. he went he was going for a year and then i joined like the second year so i did like a hundred dates with him um jesus and i didn't even do all of i mean i didn't even do all of them because i had you know just like other like some conflicts and stuff but like yeah he was that was that was what i did with him it was nuts wow yeah H- had you done stuff like that before or was that kind of like a you know pretty big step for you Oh, I have, yeah, I, I've like toured, you know, throughout my career, but I've never done an arena tour, you know? So yeah. it was just so fun because he's my best friend. So we just had, so it was just a very fun experience, you know? And it was just like, you know, lots of travel and, and it is at times like exhausting, but it was always fun. The shows are great. You know, we're like laughing the whole time. It's good. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I have actually a, a, a side question. What did John buy at the store? Did he buy anything? <laughs> Yeah, he bought a jacket. I forget what jacket. I think it was a double RL oh, like jacket yes. flannel yeah, situation. Yeah, he bought, yeah. Yeah, oh, he bought a double, the double RL flannel. Yeah, 
So real fast, on that note, Timothy calls me. It's somehow one of the few, few days that neither of us are in the store or at I the studio. Him, yeah, we're like, we're never, we're like, one of us is always there. Like always. Between the two of us, there's no, there's, it's maybe a couple times a year. For the last six and yeah, a half so years. Yeah, it's such a bummer that we missed you guys. <laughs> he goes, do you want to hear some shit that is going to get you riled up and, <laughs> and fucking mad? And we missed you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, because like I said, like I said, Dan, like truly, like I, I, I don't remember, like when did, uh, when did Lion come out? Lion came out in 2016, 15. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me see. It might have been 2016. I um, think I, I feel like that's that feels about right, and that would have been like when I started to get into like that. That's when I that's when I heard of you. Is that was that record, and I loved it so much, and I listened to it like I said so many damn times. And then like John's record was kind of at the same. Like it was like all it was like a lot of those comedians sort of at the same time, and it was like so it, it was it's it, it, that's why it was kind of a bummer. I was like, oh man, I've followed those guys for eons now. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the lion was 2016. So the last time I actually toured was 2015 to prepare oh, wow. for that special. So yeah, so it was a big so then I've been, you know, I've been in LA like working on TV shows and writing shows, all that kind of stuff for about a decade. Um, and doing stand-up, but not traveling and touring like I did, like I am. Did now. you start as a as doing stand-up or or were you a writer first? Yeah, I started as doing stand-up when I was like 18 in Boston. I got really into it. Um, and then I was just doing stand-up and I moved back to LA. And, you know, when you're like a young comedian, you do a lot of college shows and all that kind of stuff. So I did like tons of college shows. Then I linked up with College Humor, which was a popular website at the time. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Mid-aughts. And then I was hosting their College Humor tour. We actually performed on 420 at Boulder with Theo oh, Vaughn, Whitney Cummings and like, I don't even know, 2009 or 2010 or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then I, you know, then I hosted some MTV shows. I hosted MTV spring break. I, you know, doing all that stuff. And then I started like writing my own stuff. And one of the things I wrote became like this, 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 this pilot, which is like the first episode of a TV show. And then I I had to write the script and that kind of got me into all this stuff. And then, um, basically Whitney Cummings had a sitcom got picked up and she's like, will you work on this for me? Cause we always work together. And I was like, sure. What does that even mean? You know, because I was still kind of touring when I first joined her show. So I yeah. would like be like writing during the weekend, the weekends, I'd like go and like host like a Red Bull event in like <laughs> Orlando. Yeah, in Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> and uh, and and then and then I then I kind of like kind of got into it. I met a bunch of great people. I was like, this is really fun. And then I just, you know, hung out in LA and I just kind of like worked on shows for a while. Um John had a show, I worked on his show. I yeah. And I, you know, wrote on the show called The Awesomes. It's like Seth Meyers animated show. And then I was in the Goldbergs for like multiple years until I had my own NBC sitcom. And then that yeah. came out um, with Adam Pally in 2020. And then COVID came. And that was. Oh, uh, oh I didn't even think that. about that during that show. I watched all these shows, by the way. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. We had a blast. I mean, we, we Adam put on, we had, I mean, honestly, one of the best things about having my own show um, and having Adam as the star, like the clothing was amazing. He's a clothing guy. Yeah. Wrote an article about in GQ about, it was like. Oh, sick. We had him on just not, not like, like a handful of months ago. He's great. I love him. Yeah. He's he awesome. my favorite TikTok. He's, he's my favorite. He's the reason why I fucking went into Abercrombie this weekend and bought a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also like formerly Aaron Levine. He's the he's the man. We just had him on. If you if you if you don't know him, you should listen to it. He's he did a lot of that initial stuff. He's not there anymore, but but he he like really cha- turned it around. Yeah, it's impressive walking in there. I was like, Jesus. I know. 
I know it's 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 like it's it, it I, I don't think it it like it hasn't gotten the press it deserves for like what a what a turnaround it's had. Yeah, and I almost feel like people who normally shop at Abercrombie are just so confused. You know, probably. <laughs> but I think anyone of- inside of a mall setting is a little confused these days. I know, I know. But it was, uh, it, it's awesome. So, anyways, yeah, and that's sort. So we just kind of put Adam in a bunch of clothes, had a lot of fun, yeah. and um, and then I've just been working on some other stuff. I'm doing this. Uh, wrote a show about um, Kevin Hart's life, actually working on a story because his first job before stand up was working oh, on a shoe store. store. Yeah. Yeah, oh, um, cool. Show. We did a show that takes place in '98 when he worked at City Sports, which is kind of like Young Rock with him and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Some other some other stuff that I've been working on, you know. But now there's a writer strike, so nothing. I is was going to say, are you paused right now? Yeah, everything is paused. Yeah. The entire yeah. all of LA is paused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so strange. I mean, there was that one forever ago that I knew some friends that had that that was that. Oh, not forever ago. I guess it wasn't that long ago, unfortunately, but. Um, but yeah, that's such a bummer. So like when you, I guess the question I've always had, cause I've been into comedy since I was a kid, how do you, cause you said you kind of just, if I mean, from what you just said, it kind of seems seamless. How do you become a writer? Like, like, is that something that you like, I, I guess I understand writing material and going up and doing stand up, but for some reason, as much as like, this is the stuff I really like, I've like, I've never understood like writing comedy. Like it just, it feels so foreign. How did you, like, did you just sort of feel like, I don't know, I can, I can do this cause I write stand up or like, how did, what, how did, how, what's the difference to you? Yeah. I mean, it was all very organic. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, for me, like, I am not like a drug addict or, you know, suicidal or <laughs> abused or an abuser. So for me, like I've always got, I got into comedy so young because I just fucking loved comedy. Like I watched any mm-hmm. improv and I was like, this is what I want to do. I remember being nine years old and just like locking in and being like, this is what I have to do. Like I was obsessed with it. So yeah. I've just always been obsessed with comedy. I love show business. I love entertainment. I love entertaining. So for me, it was all, everything's all so connected, you know, and especially, you know, a lot of stand up comics, people might not even realize sort of like end up being asked to come into writer's rooms, you know, because they're funny, you know, yeah. a lot yeah. of them, you know, they're, they're smart and they're, they're quick on their feet. And they're also, especially like in a multi-cam, a live audience show, it's like, that is what they're so used to, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're going to think a little bit differently than like, say someone who sort of came up as like a writer assistant and sort of like worked their way up sort of like the, the regular ladder and in a writer's room, you know? So it's, it's sort of a good way to like mix it up. So throughout all of time, I feel like there's always been comedians entering writer's rooms. Um, so that's kind of how it happened with me, which was, you know, organic for me and like my story, which was essentially that I had a stand up joke about a long distance relationship and then that became a web series. I'm dating myself for Crackle, <laughs> dating myself more. Um, and we did 10 episodes and I wrote all of them. And that was like the first time that I like wrote 10 scripts, you know, to shoot. That I this was is in. your first time writing a script at all? I mean, not the first time I wrote a script at all. This is the first time I was like, you know, getting paid by a studio to write. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like I wrote screenplays a lot with my buddies, you know, and you know, like all, all that, like when I first moved out here. Um, but this was the first time that it was like officially happening. Um, and then that we should, we made it. It was great. So then the studio was like, we should try to make it a TV show. So then I pitched it as a show and then we sold it as a TV show. So then I got to shoot and write a full pilot and then shoot it. 
for for MTV. It was called My Longest Relationship, and it was it was fun. And we shot like the entire thing, and that didn't get picked up. But then the studio was like, we should do something else. And then I went, and then I they moved, then I came up with an idea, and then we pitched it to um, NBC at the time, and that was the first time I sold like a network sitcom and wrote that, and that was like two thousand. I don't even know, like 2010 or something, 2009. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then when I was writing that, Whitney was writing her two shows at the same time, Two Broke Girls and Whitney. So we were like punching our scripts up, and she was like, "Hey, if my show gets picked up, work on my show. Um, if your show gets picked up, I'll work on your show." And I was like, "Cool." You know, I don't, I don't even yeah. know what that means. And then it happened, and then she was like, "Come, be on my show." And that's kind of how I entered the writers' room. And then once I was there, then I was like, you know met a bunch of really cool people. And then it just sort of became a thing that I got really into. And, um, I love working with people and kind of putting things together. So it was, it was great. How, you know, it's, it, it, how does that happen? And, and I, I feel like you'll be okay answering these types of questions, but I, I, I've grew up like into, into like, uh, I, I really got hooked on like late night and then like SNL and stuff. And yeah. we, we loved like the, the writers and stuff. So we would look up like who did what, and we try to like memorize like, oh, they wrote for this and we'll see where they go next and everything. And I feel like so often it is these like, like groups or partnerships that sort of like float around is that pretty common with stuff like what, like what you just described with Whitney? Is that kind of like how, how it gets done? You know what I mean? Like you well, sort of I get mean, in this group and. Yeah. I think like I can only speak from like stand up, but yeah, it's like sure. there's a class of people, you know, that we all, when you're comic, you kind of start with a group of people, you know, and yeah, yeah. you sort of like rise with them and, you know, it gets smaller or whatever. And, you know, things happen, but like for the most part, you know, you, you sort of always have a common bond with that like yeah. early class, you know, the people who you kind of came up with or, or, or hanging out with. And, you know, I feel like I just got, you know, lucky, with, like, you know, and it's not even lucky. It's like all of, you know, I have such a great group of friends, you know, and I think like uh, every class of comics has that, you know, so you sort of work together and lean on each other and, you know, help each other out. Did you meet a lot of them like doing like where actually, where are you from originally? I'm from Stanford. Um, okay. Yeah, it's but, cool. Yeah, that's no, where I my met everyone. From, I met everyone at a comedy club. Yeah, all these people. And so that's how you kind of made the connections. And and like, what was your like first time doing that? Like, was it was it going up younger than this, or was it your first time like in LA? Oh no no no! I mean, I met people like when I was like in Boston, like freshman year. I did an open mic. With, oh okay. With, with, with Dan Mintz, you know, who's like oh yeah 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 my closest friends ever. Our kids yeah. are the same age. They're best friends. We live in the same neighborhood. It's like. I mean, I met that. I met him when I was eighteen, and yeah. we, friends since we wrote a movie. You know, during he's he's worked on my shows. I worked on his shows. Like it's just, yeah. you know, we've been you know amazingly funny a long guy. time. So it's funny, but it's like when I met Dan, I met BJ Novak. You know, and then yeah. Oh, yeah. and then we were in. Then I, when I was in New York, that's when I met like John and Aziz and Nick Kroll and Joe Mandy and that that whole group of people. And then in LA, you know. Whitney Cummings. It was, it, you know, so it's, it's been a, a fun group of people to, I mean, that was a really good, like, it's like funny to think of it as like a class, but that's how I was about to describe it. Like, but like that was, that was like such a good group of comedians that was coming. It, it felt like a real like revival, especially of stand up and like the popularity of stand up at that time. Yeah. I, like that's, that's, I remember like doing a premium blend with Natasha Legero, who I love and, yeah. and a lot, you know, um, and and also there was in the early aughts too, if, if you you know comedy, it's like there was like 
that period of time where like Chelsea lately was like the thing to do, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. it was like equivalent to like doing like the Johnny Carson tonight show at that time, you know, it was just like, yeah. everyone watched it, you know, people were aware you could go like tore off of being on Chelsea lately. And it was really fun. And that was also, you know, a time where you sort of were always with the comics and your friends and everything. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as a stand more a stand up or more of a writer now? I mean, I think of myself as, um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think of myself as a stand-up writer, you know, like I feel yeah. like that's like kind of how I got into everything. Um, and, you know, and also stand-ups like just so great. Cause it's when you're writing for so long, you know, like I have been, and you sort of are dealing with a lot of, you know, when there's not a writer strike or an actor strike and you're like in production, like a lot of it is sort of like battling, like the constant, notes and thoughts from different people involved. And there's always a lot of people involved, you know, and even if they're good ideas, you're still hearing them, you know, whereas stand up, I could think of something on a plane and then I just say it like 30 yeah. minutes later, you know, yeah, and it feels like, so immediate. Yeah. It's immediate instant gratification. I know right away if I was right or wrong, if it was funny, you know, and then like a lot of times in writing, when you're like writing at a certain level, when there's lots of executives and stuff, there's just lots of opinions and no one actually knows what the yeah. audience will think, you know, and, and you're just sort of the guessing. It's like a whole guessing game of like, what's going to work, what's not going to work. And it's a process and that process does work, but there's something like nice and organic and clean about just going like, Hey, is this funny? Fuck. No, I was wrong. Okay. It's yeah. on and move yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like not to like hard, try to pin this into, into, into what we do, but it's like, it, for me, it's always been tough when you talk to like, um, when you think about like influence on like social media and stuff like that. And we're like a multi-brain retailer, meaning that we not only represent ourselves, but we represent like all of these other brands at the store. And we have to do that in like different ways. And we have to like move and, and shape in different ways to like best represent everything that we do. But then like, if you do if you're a brand and nothing more, you represent yourself and that's it. You know what I mean? And that, that's kind of what it feels like where the difference is where it's like, this is like, what we do is more like a business and let's it's like, we have to, we're pitching brands to people and we have to take customer feedback and all this other stuff. Whereas if you're a brand, you're only really representing yourself and your own vision, which feels a little bit more like stand up, where it's like, sometimes that feels easier, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, but it's also a bigger risk at the same time. So I don't, it, it's, it seems it seems similar in that it's like it's 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 just two different ways of thinking entirely. Yes. No, that's um that's so true. I mean, that's sort of the thing. It's just uh it's a little bit of a just like a different, you know, different department, compartment, you know. <laughs> you just sort of move in between them. Yeah. Dan, were you also I, I forgot to ask it a second ago. You were in the office, right? The show The Office. Yeah, I was in the office because I, I mentioned it, but like I've been friends with BJ forever. And then yeah, yeah. called me and was like, hey, will you do the tag in the office um hosting this trivia show? I'm directing <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. why I was there. Jason and I are like really big fans of that show. Like for some reason that was, a, we're, we're, we're both from like, we were in like hardcore and stuff like into the scene, uh, like punk and stuff and all that when we were kids. And that for some reason, like really latched on, like, I don't yeah. know if it was the time and like place. And I, I swear, like I really feel confident that like any sort of, if there was office trivia that we would win, I could win any of it. Any like, bar I'm very in North confident. America. That's us, so us versus the yeah. whole place. We're, so you know, you guys we, more, are you guys more hardcore or or like punk? 
Well, we we can play we can yeah, we play can. both sides. because yeah. I, I, I think I'm I'm re- I've I've like grew up I I love like music and music history yeah. and stuff like yeah. that and like the evolutions and stuff. We grew up because we're from the Midwest, so there was a big like hardcore scene. Um, so like that's where that's what we grew up inside. But like yeah. then you know because of that I got and I I toured with some bands and stuff. I got really into like you know all the pop punk stuff that was going sure, on sure. at the time. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, I can, I can play either side if I yeah. need to. Yeah. And like, Dan, I've got a huge X on my foot. I was yeah. staunchly straight edge. <laughs> I was like mosh warrior kid showing up to shows ready to fight. And, you know, but like being like 16 at the same time. Yeah. That's, but, uh, that's also so love pop. One punk of, one of the tabs I have open right now is for, um, the offspring to see them in Irvine. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Sick, sick. I saw them when I was like, 12 I think when at, at like yeah, the Memorial Coliseum yeah I saw him I was 15 in New Haven and I got in the mosh pit wearing a Superman <laughs> shirt and some guy with a cast punched up <laughs> my glasses <laughs> that's a really that's perfect a fun <laughs> image but I've been seeing clips of their tour and I gotta say they're touring with Simple Plan and Sum 41 I mean it feels like fucking an awesome show that's it a very feels, specific era it feels like the dawn of like LimeWire feels like the dawn of downloading music illegally <laughs> yeah, in, in yeah. one show. Yeah, I know, I know, and it's it's almost sold out. Dude, you're 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 into like uh, like pop punk and stuff, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I love Green. I just saw Blink. Um, nice. Yes, I love yeah. Operation Ivy. Cool. You know, Goldfinger. Uh, you know, La Eve Six. I mean, I guess they're not really pop punk, but you know, like just yeah, they uh, fall in there somewhere. They fall in there. I mean, even like. I think they're. I didn't realize how Christian they were, but MXPX I used to love. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. them a lot actually. Are they, they Christian? They super Christian. They're they're very religious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we knew it at the time either, and I do remember someone like telling us and being like, "Shit." <laughs> we thought it was. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like you can't be punk and Christian. Like it's like Christian comedy. It's all. It's not. It's not something you could. Like, I understand it's a thing, but I don't really yeah. understand how it works, you know? I, exactly. But I it think, is a massive thing. Oh, it, like, that's the thing. Like, in hardcore and, like, in all that that we grew up in, there is, like, if there's, like, one step away and you're and you're into, like, it's very religious. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's still, like, they've got still got great breakdowns and stuff, yeah. but, it's, <laughs> but it's very religious. Yeah, it, it, it's just, they like. They sneak it, it in. Like. Like if people found out that like Seinfeld was was ultra orthodox, they'd be like, yeah, about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, even if it, even if nothing changed, you just found that later. You're like, oh man, it's a little, it's just different. Yeah. So I also saw that you're like a pretty big and because and, and I'm and I'm I'm bringing this up specifically because I also have a problem. You're pretty into like vintage band tees and stuff, right? Yes, I am. I, I, when, when did this begin? Because this has been a real downfall in my adult life financially. Yeah. Well, luckily I've pulled, I, I pulled back from that to be honest. Um, just it's because slippery I slope. Feel like it's, it, it's a very expensive habit. And it's like, it's besides even being expensive. It's like you're obs- I be, you become obsessed to the point yeah. of like, what am I doing? Like I'm spending all day long, like DMing with a dude in Thailand to try to get this fucking yeah. Ivy bleach shirt. Like what is my life? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyways, and you some, end up getting them. They're all cockeyed on you and shit no, too. And they and never also, fit right. A lot, these, a lot of these sellers are aggressive too, you know? So mm-hmm. you just gotta, you know, manage everything. But no, I have always collected vintage stuff. I've had like, you know, my dad's old shirts. Like my dad's got a bunch of old Raider shirts and Bo Jackson stuff. Dom Mattingly stuff. So I've oh, yeah. sort of like, you know, wore vintage like here and there. I've always had like some old Green Day stuff. But then it was actually during the pandemic um, 
I kind of got into it. A store opened down the street from me. Um, this, uh, this this store is it's no longer there. But it's called it was called Second Isle, but it's not not around mm-hmm. anymore. But I would go there, and then this guy kind of really started like just helping me out finding a bunch of like, you know, because from sneakers I was always into like all Jordan vintage stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. it was only like Jordan and Agassi. And then I kind of got into Nike, you know, and then it was like, okay, some Bo Jackson. Then I, I'm, I'm a huge ACG fan, as I know you guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collecting lots of old ACG stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it sort of was like, okay, well, let me get like a, another Green Day one. And then I start, and then it, then it sort of <laughs> turned to the rock band stuff. And then I was like, well, I got to get all the silver chair shirts, you know? <laughs> and then I was like. Oh, I'm a massive silver chair fan. I saw them when I was like a kid and it really resonated with me because they were like, I remember they were allowed to come in and play, but they had to stand outside until they were allowed to come in and play because they were like 17. No, they were so young. When, when he wrote, when that guy Daniel John wrote that song, um, Tomorrow, he was 15. It's like they, they, no one really cares about them, but I think that they're super talented. So I have two, two silver chair shirts. And then there was Frog this, Stomp? Um, yes. Yeah. Those are the yeah. cool. I've got a couple of those too. I love that. I, I got to get a better one because there's holes in it, but. But anyways, I love that shirt. And then they I, also, had, I don't want to send you down a road here either, Dan, but they they made on the first tour, they made like, you know, like the popular like dad hats. Like that was like before it was like a thing. I don't know why they had those because no other bands was really like running those. They have them. I saw I've seen them pop it up in Australia a few times for way okay. too much money. This has been a but it's been a real obsession since I've seen it to get one. So if you happen to come across one, you don't and you're not interested, (laughs) send it my way because I've been thinking about this for like 10 years. I will. (laughs) And 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 also and then there was this. um, I don't know if you guys followed 1980 something on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he started doing like live auctions during the pandemic. Um, And that's when like that's when I sort of entered the vintage community in like a hard way (laughs) i became buddies with this guy named joel and like just people started like sending me stuff and then i was like then i was sort of i was looking for too many things you know like i was like trying Mm -hmm. to like blink vintage shirts i was trying to get jordan vintage shirts i was trying to get like anything silver chair red hot chili peppers it was like getting out of control you know and then and now i have this amazing collection which is great and i love it but i'm not i'm sort of now very picky about what i want to get you know like i still I love Green Green Day is probably my favorite band, so I, I have lots of Green Day. I'd like to keep on. I had this amazing Green Day shirt that was from the Insomniac an Insomniac Crew shirt that I never saw anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this vintage shop like wanted to buy it for so much money. I was like, I can't sell it. Like he's like, I've never seen this. I was like, I know that's why I'm not selling it. And then completely yeah. <laughs> fell apart. I should have sold it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I've I can't play this game too. Of the times that I was offered money or had something that I should have sold, I also like. I really wish I could have just been bigger as as I was younger because I have like all these great old punk and hardcore things that I had from when I was a kid, but they're all small and medium, yeah. and nobody wants them. Right. I know. Yeah. Now <laughs> Which we're... is its own problem. I know. How how deep did we get here? Like, give me a, what's a top spend. And uh, you're oh. talking to a fellow problem. You know, I have a problem oh. too, so don't worry. You're safe company. I, I feel like I probably spent. Well, what I spend the most on, I probably spent the most weirdly on like, like I spent probably like eight hundred dollars on like the Metallica old face, the black one with the old face mm-hmm. in it. You know, and yeah, that, that like, that's. 
I don't think I've gotten to 800, but we're close. That was maybe. (laughs) And I don't wear them either. They're just there. I just own it. Yeah, that was uh, my wife. Hopefully won't hear this podcast, Uh, but that that was a while ago. (laughs) But yeah, but yeah. Do you still have it or did you move it along? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the Metallica stuff really gets out of hand. Yeah, I will say like some of the blink shirts that I have are people are going insane. I have one blink shirt someone bought for sixteen hundred dollars. Oh so my god! Like, the way I balanced out in my brain is I kind of just keep on running these fake numbers where I'm like, well, this is worth this much now, so this is okay. Yeah, you know, it's all yeah. that stuff. You know, do you have it in a spreadsheet yet, or is it still just in a notes app? How deep are we there? No, no, we're, it's just in my head. Yeah, I keep I was at one point keeping between like sneakers and when I was deep into like vintage, we I had a full Excel sheet of the different things. And it was it was the and the thing is, too, like, I'm not like a savvy investor, but it's like I know it's there in my I could definitely be rich if just in my brain (laughs) I would transfer it from this stupid shit to something serious. But it's still just uh, mostly like denim jackets and band tees. That's so funny. Um, let, so I got then I have two more questions on this front. Then favorite Blink album, favorite Green Day album. These are divisive questions in my mind too. Okay, let me think. Well, I would say my favorite Green Day album is definitely Dookie. Yeah, it's hard to argue. I make hard a slight argument for Nimrod, maybe, but it's it's Dookie still. Yeah, I really think I I really think it is. And I, and I feel like and I know it's not really it's not an interesting answer, but I would also say like Dude Ranch is my favorite Blink album. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pro- I mean, I really I we've talked I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I like I think Enema of the State has the greatest album opener of all time. Yeah. So right. it's hard so I really love it for that reason. It, but I, but I, I'm, I don't know. It's hard because Did you guys see them in Bolt in Colorado or no? I didn't. No, no. I've not, I don't think I've ever actually seen Blink. I've yeah, seen them once when I was younger, but not not. They, they, not they any sound revival. so good now. I don't think this. I don't know. It was really good. I've seen like stuff online, and they really they all like look. They look good. That the energy's there. It's it's great. Pretty what impressive. about what, yeah. what's your favorite? Who's your favorite an- member? They open with Anthem too, which is such a great. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite member of Blink? Mark. And I met him on a plane this year. And he was oh, awesome. oh, no kidding. Just just like yeah. by, by chance? just Yeah. Like I, I recognized him. Uh, he was wearing a mask, but I was like, that's Mark. So then I just walked <laughs> right like after Edging came out. So I was yeah. like, all right. So I just went to the bathroom and then I walked back and I go, hey, I just want to let you know I like love. Um, I, I love the new song. I'm excited for the album. And he was like, oh, man, thank you so much. And he was with his wife and he was really nice. And then I was like, hey, I actually, we have some people, you know, I know a few people you might know. And then, and then he was like, oh, that's crazy. Okay, cool. And then he actually like turned around uh, and he was like, hey, you know, uh, b- b- Bobby or whatever. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And he was like, that's crazy. He's like, you should come to, um, you should come to the show. So I was like, oh my God. So he was like the nicest guy. And then it was so funny. Yeah. That we also like. Getting off the plane, I was like, "You should come to my show tonight." And, and he was like, "Yeah." And his wife was like, "We have no time." 
I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's there for. Yeah. Really, just let him know. Like, you can't commit to this to anything. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And then, and then he, like, gave me his number, and I was like, well, I can't really bother him ever, you know. But then I got to the hotel, and the next day I was eating lunch, and then I get a text from him, and he's like, no. Are you eating at this restaurant? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, turn around. <laughs> I turned around. I was like, what's up, dude? No fucking way. <laughs> and he didn't know you from, from Adam at this point, right? No, no, no. This he, is an he, incredible he story. Like, he just like quickly, I think, like looked looked me up and was like, "Oh, okay." He's not. Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. check your credentials. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You obviously meet quite a few famous people. How, when, when's when's the time you felt like you've been the most nervous? The most nervous. Like what? What really like? What? Because I feel like oh. when I when I worked in Chicago, I'd meet. There was a lot of because we were in like I was you know I worked the store across the street from like you know Prada, Jill Sander, and all this stuff. So there was a lot of like celebrity stuff. And quite frankly, it got to the point where I'm like, it never. It didn't, I didn't think anything of it. But then there'd be ones now and then are like, I don't know why, but I have gotten, I am so anxious suddenly. I mean, I would say I was like the most nervous. The most nervous was when I met Eddie Murphy. Like I had to oh like, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had to pitch something to Eddie Murphy and I went to his house no. and I sat in his office and he sat on the throne from coming to America, like behind. Damn, this is too much. Way. All of his movie posters framed. Mark Twain Award. Just was this like, just you and him? No, no, no. It's a whole oh, story. But I was pitching the sequel to the movie Twins. So it was me, <laughs> him, and producers, and my friend Steve. I was writing it with, and uh, and then eventually Arnold Schwarzenegger came into the meeting too. <laughs> it was just what like, the hell? Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy story. I probably should have started from the beginning of it, but it's it's okay. But anyways, Did, I I've told I told it before, but um, um but but it's basically um was very I was very nervous. I was very nervous. But what was cool about Eddie Murphy was I heard on podcasts, specifically Mark Maron's podcast when Chris Rock was on, mm-hmm. and Mark Maron asked Chris if he ever talks to Eddie Murphy, and he says, Yeah. And he goes, What do you guys talk about? And he goes, Eddie just wants to talk about the comics from the comic strip in the 80s. And like, that's the one funny thing about all comedians is like everyone, like what we talked about earlier, like everyone knows all the same comics from like their time, you know, and they're obsessed Mm -hmm. with them and each other. So when I sat down next to Eddie, I was like, the producer was so cool. And she was like, this is Dan. He's a comedian. And then he kind of like lit up. He's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I actually got passed to the comic strip by Lucian. And he was like, oh, shit. And then we started talking about stand up and it was just kind yeah. of incredible and then he said he's going to get back into it and we we're all so excited so we're waiting for eddie to come back was, it, was that recently no <laughs> it was oh, like no. shoot i was like oh please yeah, yeah. Let this him get was back. this was like right i think i forget like 2018 or something oh okay were you able to get a laugh out of him yeah or yeah 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 we totally uh we oh, totally beautiful laugh, we had a whole long pitch so yeah, yeah. Tons yeah. Of jokes in and stuff but it was i I could never tell because he seems like in any time he gives an interview or anything where he anything like older Eddie Murphy does anything, he doesn't see he doesn't do like bits or anything. It's kind of serious. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as you were saying I had the same thought. I was like, I wonder if he got any laughs out of him. Yeah, he was he was like serious about wanting to hear what this project was, but he was great. Wow. How cool, dude. Now that one would be nerve. I yeah, I, 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 I want. I think I've told it on this podcast. I peed next to in a urinal next to Scotty Pippen. Most nervous I've ever been in my whole life. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> when you have, I had to say something, but it's not an ideal circumstance to say something to yeah. another man. <laughs> so I know. What do you even say to him? Love you, Scotty. Love you, Scotty. I I my my my. Uh, 
grandmother was a was a massive fan of his and had this like little like it's like this little like figurine like you know one of those like starting line figurines mm-hmm. um on her desk all growing up and i and i like it, it was like a family business and i like grew up there and i and she'd let me like play with it when i was at work with my mom and she was she would work the office my grandma and uh she gave it to me or i kind of got it when she passed away and i just sort of brought it up to him i was like man i just i, did, I need you to know i'm a big fan and this is this is where it comes from and then and he was like oh man i really appreciated it he we he talked to me for a couple of minutes in the bathroom it was very awkward and then uh you know that's that's what it was he's awesome. also like you know, you you see him and you know he's got the reach, you know, like the defense reach. And then right. you see him in real life and you're like, that is that is just such an enormous human being that I just <laughs> it's it's like that that alone, let alone him being a celebrity, was enough to freak me out a little bit. Yeah, that's intense. Oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> do you remember like when you started feeling like funny? Do you know what I mean? Like when when do you like like was it like from a young age or did it did it kind of click later in life? No, I think it clicked later in life. I feel like I have always, like, known, like, how to make comedy, you know? But I think, like, mm-hmm. as you get older, you know, you just have – you just become a person with a more specific point of view on life, you know? So the yeah. more life experience you have, I think the funnier you can be. So, like, I think when I was, like, you know, 18, I was doing jokes about, like, getting drunk in college and, like, literally falling on the stage pretending I was passing out. It was mm-hmm. fun. I would laugh, you know? But – it's not as like relatable and my perspective was not fully clear yet because I was really you know, so young. Yeah. 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 I've always wondered like, and I'd love to, I mean, you kind of answered it, but like, is it easier or harder to be funny as you get older? And, and when the reason I'm asking is because it's like, I understand it seems e- easier when you're younger because you're willing to take the risks and stuff that maybe are like harder to do or, I, but I also like you have no confidence at all in that. So do you feel, do you find yourself like it getting easier or harder as you get older to be funny? I think it's easier. I think it's easier. Yeah. You're just like, you know, at least as a comedian, like you're so used to thinking in a way of trying to find funny in every situation, you know, and you're also, yeah you know, used to, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's just like, you know, it's like being an outlier, you know, it's like, if you write jokes for 10,000 hours, you know, you're going to be better at writing jokes than you were in the beginning. Well, and you know, it also just feels like when I watch comedy, like, especially if you follow somebody for a while, the, the as the comedian gets older, they're much more okay with pauses and silences. Like I think that, and that's when I think things get really good. Like it doesn't feel like young comedians feel like they have to fill every second. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which can also be interesting and good and so fast paced and great. But the older, like the more like I guess comfortable you are with it, it really feels like that's when things get interesting. When you're as okay with the silences as you are, like with with the laughs, and that's I, I really like that in in older comedians. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 me, me too. It's like, you just, and there's some people though, who are funny right from the jump, you know, like Dave Chappelle, Pete Davidson, sure. there's definitely people who start out and they're sort of like, they're it, you know? But yeah. I think for me personally, I feel like as I've sort of, you know, got older, I just have a better perspective on like, you know, what I think is funny. And I'm just more, I'm just like more accustomed to, to writing jokes and bits and stuff, you know? Yeah. How do you still get nervous? Like before you got like when you're doing arena shows, are you still nervous right before you go out or do you feel like you're over it at this point? No, I always get nervous like right before it starts, you know, yeah. right before. Then you get that first kind of eruption of laughter and you, you settle in. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't and you're like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's just see this through and yeah. I get to go home. So I used to see a lot of stand up in, in Chicago and honestly, like when, 
it, there, there's this moment, it always seems like if someone's not getting what they're trying to go for, there's this moment of either they're going to get so funny out of nowhere because they're on their heels or it's going to fall apart. And that's my favorite part of going to live comedy, especially like like newer, like younger comedians. You're like, oh, I don't know. You're, you're on the heels. It's, you're either going to fall on your ass or it's, you're going to come right back. And it's like this really interesting like moment in, in comedy that I really like. Yeah, no, it's that's that's just what always it's so fun. It, it's 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 honestly like the most fun to watch a comic like not do well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Comic, just to see like, what happens. Like a great comic sort of struggling is like there's nothing funnier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we we always kind of finish the 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 episode with just like rant. We call them we call it hot takes, but it's like it's really just random questions that are completely off topic. This one's a little on topic, but what do you think the best and worst sneaker silhouette of all time are? Ooh, the best is a Jordan One. Love it. Kind of unbeatable. Yeah, unbeatable. Um, the worst silhouette. For a sneaker, would probably be, uh, I don't know if the silhouette is right for this answer, but well, let me think. As I, I have a few few that are running through my head. Uh huh. Um, I'm trying to think of what I, I mean. I think that like the 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 truth is that a Jordan one as best. It, I can't think of something to best it. Like it's it's well, it, it's been cool for so long. It's not going to ever stop being cool. Yeah, it's like, like visually I just, attractive looking. Yeah. I mean, I would say though the Hirachi is an incredible silhouette too. Like that that pretty groundbreaking. That's like a groundbreaking. You know, I would put that up there with the Jordan one. Um, like I would say. You know, possibly like the it, it, it's not really its fault, but so I always think of like the Air Raid, you know, the OG oh. Nike Air Raid. Like I feel yeah. like not so much the silhouettes problem, but it's like I do like appreciate that shoe, but I feel like when it's on, it's just so bulky. You yeah. know, like it's just the silhouette is it's not really the silhouette's fault necessarily, but that shoe I think of as sort of like a bulk, you know, and like I want to love it, it, but like I can't. You know, it's it's tough with like with sneakers in that there's this I think that's why the Jordan one is so universal is because it looks good with street clothes and it looks good on the gym. And that is like a weird thing where I think there's a lot of good sneaker like gym sneakers that look great when you've got when you're on the court, but they Mm -hmm. do not look cool with like a pair of jeans. Yeah. And that'll be where things fall apart. Like when an example is like they redid it with like the the Nike Air Fear of God raid. And that kind of like I feel like exemplified like how bad that shoe is. (laughs) (laughs) I did the opposite. Completely defined to see why it's not working. Yeah. Okay. Now here's another one. If you if you weren't doing comedy, what would you want to be doing? Money doesn't matter, none of it matters. It's just simply like another area of interest. Oh, absolutely flipping houses. Oh, oh. Would, would you would you do like the full renovation, like the full HGTV situation? Oh, you know? 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I feel like you, you'd be great at earlier. hosting this. Yeah, me and Natasha Legere, who I mentioned earlier, um, we just shot a show before the strike for Comedy Central called House Roast, where we go around open houses and make fun of them with comedians. Sick. This so is a great fun, idea. And it like combines everything I love. So hopefully we get to make it if, if show oh. comes back together. Yeah, <laughs> no, are, you, are you a handyman? No, no. I just, <laughs> okay. 
I just love things and I feel like houses yeah. are another thing, you know? <laughs> like, uh, totally. Like, a lot of decisions to be made, decisions, a lot of opinions to share. Yeah, yeah. Design, it's a f- great thing to be judgy about. Yes, getting obsessed with architects, meeting a great landscaper, meeting a great hardscaper. Like I love I also love personally, this is a side note, but I'm like a big delegator, you know, like I love to yeah, like sure. work together and sort of delegate to come together and make the perfect situation. And when you're flipping a house or when you're renovating, it's like you know, you have a contractor, but you're essentially like delegating to him and then he delegates to everyone and you just kind of get to make a lot of decisions. And some people think it's crazy and insane that I enjoy that, but I actually do. So I think if I wasn't doing comedy, I would just flip houses all day. <laughs> yeah. Sick. I loved how quickly you knew that answer. That's, that's fun. All right. And then what do you think? What's your, I don't know if you get, maybe you're not allowed to say this or you shouldn't, but what's your like least favorite city to, you've been to on tour? My least favorite city... Um, I would say my least favorite city. Oh, 117 I, degrees in Arizona. I don't even. I haven't even been there that often. I would call that one my least favorite without yeah, even yeah. Be, having been there recently. I would say um, I don't love Rochester, <laughs> New York. Interesting. Oh. Is it anything in particular, or is it just kind of? Um, no offense to everyone in the Ro- the Rochesterians, um, but uh, it <laughs> is very far. It's always cold. And when I did a show there last yeah. time, um, they left the balcony, they left the pit in the orchestra like open. So there was like <laughs> very weird a, a forty foot gap between the stage and <laughs> the row. And it was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna bomb, and I did yeah, yeah. twice. <laughs> and I did twice. oh twice, nice. <laughs> That's um, interesting. I what, how, let me ask you this. I've heard comedians say for years, like sep on separate different occasions, that they didn't like going to Denver because and I think and, and no, this wait. and here's what, like, this, here's what the speculation was. And and I I so I'm in, I'm interested to hear you saying no, but it's like they were always like because I think they because we they have weed here. It like it doesn't hit fast enough. People aren't <laughs> laughing as quick. Like it takes a minute. No, no, that's wrong. Um, definitely Denver is like one of the hottest comedy cities in the country right now. Like the comedy works. That's what I recorded in my potential album, like the low ceilings. That's, that's like arguably the best comedy club in the country. The comedy works. Um, No kidding. The the one, the one in like Cherry Creek, the one downtown, there's two. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I've been to both. I've been to both. That's sick. Yeah. I love the downtown one. Um, I've only done the downtown one, but yeah. So I would tell you that like. You know, Denver is Denver's awesome. The only thing for me is that like I can't breathe when I get to Colorado, so I just need yeah. to be there. Like, oh two yeah, more. Yeah, especially if you guys were in Boulder. Boulder is like its own because we're it's even more. I know, but it's great. That's why we're going to organize this big show. It's going to be yeah. fun. Hell yeah! All right, well, everyone who's listening, let's think about that. We got we got Dan Levy and others that we're going to do. We're going to try to do a comedy show with. I don't know where, when, but we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can, yeah we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I love it, Dan. Thank you so much for doing this, man. It was a really pl- real big pleasure. We're we're big fans, so it was it was a real honor to have you on. Oh no, no problem, guys. I'm a fan of your stuff, and I I, I thank will you to buy stuff um from you and then uh, ask to return them because they don't fit, and then get them again. But my so that's what we're here for. <laughs> My capital fleece does not does 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 not disappoint. It's the greatest. Oh, good, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah. At least we got that in there. Yeah, All right, bro. Well, you ever need anything, you you know who to hit up. All right, talk to you later. All right, bro. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>